a joy to be here this morning. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, and most people don't, they bring their devices. Um, just leave them in the seat and lift your hand and say after me. The grass withers. The flower fades. But the word of our God endures forever. Say it again. The grass withers. The flower fades. But the word of our God endures forever. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Can I go up there? Is that answer? Okay. Uh, I'm old. Um, and people say you're only as old as you feel, so I'm very old. Uh, um, um, and I um, want to play two old songs from way back. How many people here have been saved for more than 40 years? Can I see your hand? So this is going to be a trio. <laughs> I don't know who this message is for this morning, but the Lord gave it to me a month ago and I've never preached it anywhere else, which tells me that somebody needs to hear it. And uh, maybe there's... Maybe there's just one person who does. Oh, how do I turn this on? I know, son, you understand these very complicated instruments. I'm giving it. <laughs> I need a lot of help, thank you. <laughs> there we are. Okay, how do I sustain this? Say after me, when he calls me, I will answer. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. You see, I'm so old that before we had all these devices to teach people music, we used to teach them this way, so sing with me. When he calls me, I will answer. When he calls me, I will answer. When he calls me, I will answer. I'll be somewhere listening for my name i'll be somewhere listening i'll be somewhere listening i'll be somewhere listening for my name i'll be somewhere listening i'll be somewhere listening i'll be somewhere Listening for mine. I can hardly hear this up here. Is it loud down there? It's loud down there. Okay. So um, you can call, uh, join me on the chorus. Uh, let me sing the verse. If your heart's right when he calls you, if your heart's right, you will hear if your heart's right when he calls you you'll be somewhere listening for your name i'll be somewhere 
Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening for my name. I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening for my name. Sing it again. I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening for my name. I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening for my name. Now look up into his face and say it to him. When you call me, I will answer. When you call me, I will answer. That's good. When you call me, I will answer. I'll be somewhere listening for my... That's beautiful. Keep singing. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere Listening for my name. My, you're worshiping. Sing it again. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere Listening, I'll be somewhere, listening for my name. I'm a lot like Connor. I was raised in church until you sang a song till you were finished with it. And we're not finished with it yet. I'll be somewhere, listening, I'll be somewhere, listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening for my name. I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere. Listening for my name. If your heart's right when he calls you, if your heart's right, you will hear. If your heart's right, you will answer. You'll be somewhere listening for your name. Now declare it, affirm it. I'll be somewhere. That's beautiful. I'll be somewhere. Listening, I'll be somewhere, listening for my name. 
I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Do it one more time. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Amen. 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 Now, I'm going to read my message this morning, and I know people get upset about that, but Kendall and Barb know that I think you need a little paper to catch, to start a fire. So, uh, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to do that. I want to talk this morning about the power to receive great things. The power to receive great things. And I'm going to read to you a very known passage of scripture from the eighth chapter of the gospel according to St. Luke, and we're going to start at the fourth verse. I use the New King James Version, but whichever one you use is just fine with me. Um, but let us read together. We'll start at, at verse four. And when a great multitude had gathered and they came to him from every city, he spoke by a parable, a sore went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on a rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? And he said, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones in the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. These have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation to fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. The Lord will bless this reading of his word to our hearts. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. My text is taken from the New Living Translation, Psalm 85 and 8. I will listen carefully to what the Lord God is saying. I will listen carefully 
to what the Lord God is saying. There was a teacher who was lecturing university students, and when he started the class, he said, I have so much material here, students, I don't know where to begin. And one young fellow put up his hand and said, start near the end. <laughs> it's true that some speak speakers are too long. They cure a lot of people of insomnia. You can laugh in church, it's all right. It's all right. It's also true that some are supposed to be imparting good news but are unutterably boring. They need to recognize that the mind can only absorb what the butt can stand. <laughs> but having admitted the foibles of preachers, we all also need to address the part that listening and listeners play in the discovery of truth. Somebody say right or right on or amen, because if you don't, I'm going to get really boring. Stuart, <laughs> I know I look, look funny up here, but you're hilarious down there, because I know you're trying to get used to me, and I'm nothing like either Shram that gets up here. So I was up. Stuart, Stuart Briscoe observed, much has been written on the subject of effective speaking, but little is said on the role of attentive hearing. No doubt preachers in pulpits need to sharpen their skills, amen, but people in the pews need to focus their concentration on the Word of God, too. I read the story of the sower and the seed and the soils at least scores of times. I've read ex um, expositions on it. I've heard sermons on it. I've studied it in Sunday school classes. But somehow I skipped over what Jesus told the disciples about the purpose in telling these stories. I probably skipped over because I wanted to get to the good stuff. But this time, the purpose jumped out at me. And I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Luke 8.10, Jesus said to them, to you it has been given to come progressively to know, that is to recognize and understand more strongly and clearly the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables so that looking they may not see and hearing they may not comprehend. Why would Jesus talk so his listeners wouldn't hear? Why would Jesus purposely speak so that those looking for the truth would not see? Is that really what's intended here? And I, somebody here needs to listen this morning. I don't know who you are, but you need to hear. And so this title, The Power to Receive Great Things, was taken from one of the books that I read around this verse. The writer of that book would have been what my father called a modernist. He confessed that he had long since let go of his faith in miracles that he believed as a child. I think that's tragic and sad. But the book he wrote, which is called He Spoke to Them in Parables, is full of good ideas. And like him, I want the power of, and the privilege and the ability to receive great things. I think that for many of us, our God is way too small, and we have mistaken humility for self-immolation. We have thought that humility was putting ourselves down, and if we said we couldn't do anything, that we would sound really humble. If we say that, we're actually 
denying the promises of God. Who I am in Christ Jesus is really important despite who I might be if I didn't know him. To see it in stark contrast, that is this word, to mere observation. To learn as in opposition to the mere function of exercising my auditory nerves. To comprehend, absorb, and digest, and inwardly fathom truth. There are four at least kinds of hearing, uh, hearing I want to talk about this morning. First of all, there's casual hearing. This is the response that hears the parable but misses the point. I once listened to a preacher. As a matter of fact, he was on my staff and he was not Kendall. <laughs> other time, other place. It's Father's Day. Oh, thank you. I know who's coming and what you're coming with. Oh, it's even warm. It's coffee. I thought it was water. Mm-mm. No. It's Father's Day. And my associate pastor gets up and reads the parable of the prodigal son. How many know that parable? Okay. He spent the next 35 minutes explaining all the mistakes the father made with that son. Well, the problem is the father is God, and he doesn't make any mistakes with his son. This guy didn't really go in depth with the parable. He only read it on the surface, and he missed the whole point. That's what casual hearing and casual reading can do for you. Then there's prejudicial hearing. Sometimes our spiritual hearing is impaired by past experiences or faulty education. Sometimes we are as bound with our perceptions and traditions as the religious leaders were in Jesus' time. When truth challenges our comfort zones, we either discard it or block it out altogether. I, there are some of these common misconceptions, and if you have one of them, I'm glad you're here this morning. Isn't everybody going to heaven? Aren't there many ways to God? I'm as good as those hypocrites that go to your church, even better. It doesn't matter who you love as long as it's loving. These are all misconceptions from people who do not know God's word or who do not want to listen to it. Who will not accept God's teaching the way he said it because it will upset their form of living. And so there's prejudicial hearing. And then, of course, we can get deeper than that, and theologians get into church, and somebody says something, and it has to filter through their theological understanding, and sometimes they miss what God is really trying to say to them. Then there's selective hearing. I'm sure you parents know what selective hearing is. In our democratic structure, we witness the best in the proceedings of, of government. There is a hearing that only receives what it wants to hear. Parliamentarians in Canada and members of Congress in the U.S. are continually listening to what their opponents say. Then they extrapolate from that, the, uh, out of context, spin it into something they didn't say, 
And it turns out to be sometimes beyond our understanding and our comprehension, and sometimes it's just plain laughable. Selective hearing listens to what is being said, but only hears what it wishes were said, or ignores what is said so that it can hold its own opinions. I don't want to be a casual hearer. Did you hear me? I don't want to be a casual hearer. I don't want to be a prejudicial hearer. I don't want to be a selective hearer. And I certainly don't want to be a careless hearer. This is the listening response that has its mind already made up. The mindset that places little or no value what it is hearing. Its motto is, my mind is already made up. Please don't confuse me with the facts. It's the hard terrain of the impenetrable soil packed down, uh, as Jesus talked about, by human, animal, and vehicle traffic. It was the hearing deprivation suffered by the religious leaders of Jesus' day who were so mired in Talmudic tradition, and the, for them, the words of Jesus disappeared like water off the proverbial duck. They just did not want to hear. Jesus used a metaphor to describe this condition. It brings the definition into sharp focus. And it isn't complimentary. And I don't know what you hear from this pulpit, but I want to tell you that gentle Jesus, meek and mild, is not always the Jesus of the New Testament. And he looked at his hearers one day and said, don't throw your pearls before pigs. You see, even though that sounds like unwarranted hyperbole and a big exaggeration, Jesus' parable here and what he said about it fits into that. I want to read what John White says in his book on the parables of Jesus, his teaching. He says, Thus hearing the parables does not cause a hard heart. Jesus didn't tell the stories to harden their hearts. Rather, having a hard heart caused them not to understand the parables. You get the difference? Jesus was not trying to harden their hearts by telling them these stories. He was telling the, these stories because their hearts were already hardened. Remember that a crowd is a mixture. And let me tell you four things it may be. There may be devoted followers. There may be people that are mildly interested. There are some people who are drawn by curiosity. And then there are religious people who oppose whatever else they think isn't truth. The mystery of the parable is revealed to those who want to know Jesus so much that they will follow it up with questions and really seek after truth. Now, I want you to look at me. I'm, I, I have not talked to Kendall. I have not been filled in, please. But some of us leave church Sunday after Sunday, and five minutes after we get out the door, whatever we heard isn't hidden in our hearts, and we don't ask questions, and we don't go to the Word of God, and we wonder why we're not changed. And some of us don't realize that we have allowed the things that have happened to us 
to make us so hard that the seed just bounces off and rots somewhere in the ditch. When we first started in this praise and worship movement, and I don't remember all the words, but I remember going to Okanagan camp and hearing a lady saying, soften my heart with oil. Don't let me become so used to singing worship songs, so used to even some holy calisthenics. I'm too old for them, but I used to jump up and down in church. (laughs) So used to fervent preaching. So used to God bless you and I love you, brother. That the word doesn't really penetrate. I'm not angry at you this morning, but somebody needs to hear this this morning. You've come to church time after time after time, and you've been one of those people who said, oh, I know who that's for this morning. (laughs) And God, in his mercy, is trying to get through to you. And he's going to get through to you when you allow him to break down the soil of your heart. I want you to hear from God this morning. Adam and Eve heard God's voice and hid. That's not a good choice. Jesus said if we hear his word and do the things he says, we will build a strong, disaster-proof life. And if we don't, we'll be like a mobile home in the midst of a hurricane. We will be utterly destroyed. Tough. But that's what my Savior said. But all the blessing of hearing and responding. I'm so glad to get to this finally. Young Samuel finally got it. Speak, Lord. Your servant hears. Like Isaiah, surrounded by Shekinah. I heard this voice from heaven saying, who will go for us? And he said, here am I. Like Moses, who discarded his sandals and listened to the destiny-changing voice out of a shrub on Horeb. Like Hagar, who heard the voice speaking to her in her despair as her son lay dying in the desert dust. Like Mary, whose overwhelmed and mind was staggered, and she said, Let it be done according to your word. Like Paul, whose ministry began and prospered, hearing the voice of God near the city of Damascus. I believe God speaks. Thank you for those six amens and three nods. I think I'm back in Ontario. I believe that God speaks. I believe he speaks primarily through his word. As a matter of fact, because God has used me in the gift of Re- gifts of revelation, sometimes people come up to me and say, I need a word from God. And I usually say, well, there are about 10,000 of them right here. <laughs> I believe God speaks primarily through his word. Then he speaks by those he has called to proclaim it. Then he speaks by gifts and words of revelation. And then he speaks by the inner light that our Quaker friends used to talk about. 
He speaks to you through circumstances in your life. In fact, sometimes they're shouting at you, I'm God, I love you, and I'm trying to get to you. Sometimes he speaks in the witness of mature and reliable mentored members of the body of Christ. And sometimes he speaks in nature and nurture, in visions and in dreams. You all know, and I hope you know, that the holy nudge, that spirit-given impression, is the voice. Sometimes in general wisdom, but often specific, do not stifle that inner voice. I don't know how many of you have read Lauren Cunningham's book about hearing the voice of God, but if you haven't, you should get it and read it. And if you've already read it, this week you should read it again. Because God still speaks, and this isn't a woo-woo thing. It isn't some half-crazed individual floating around with 65 words of knowledge that don't make any sense. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you, are you hearing? Is God talking to you today? Because he wants to speak, and he wants you to hear, because he loves you. You're his child. He's trying to draw you to himself. And maybe the noise of the world, maybe the noise of the tempest around you, maybe the noise of the storm within you has shut that out, but hear the voice of God this morning. Above all the noise, hear the be still. Hear the be still and know that I am God. Hear what God is saying to you specifically. I told you that I believe that God speaks to people. I'm a member of a faith community whose heritage is that. There was a woman, a single woman, in Georgia named Alice Garrigus. The Lord, after she was filled with the Spirit, called her to go to Newfoundland. She hardly knew where that was. <laughs> and she went there, and God gave her such a move of the Holy Spirit that whole communities got saved on that island. And there are literally hundreds of gospel churches on that island, and a whole lot of them are the heritage of Alice Garrigus because she heard the voice of God, and she did it. I'm talking about the other side of the country because if I start here, you know, I'll miss somebody. Then there were three other sisters. Their names were Davis. They were from Macon, Georgia. And God called them to go to St. John, New Brunswick, and they had to get out a map because they had no idea where that was. And they went. And God so moved that in their Saturday night street meetings, the cops had to come and make a way in the roads because people were gathering in to hear the gospel. Are you talking? See, people, Georgians would have said, those three girls are nuts. Why are they going somewhere they don't even know where it is? Well, because God told them. Why wouldn't God tell them? I said, why wouldn't God tell them? Why wouldn't he speak? I have a friend who's now in glory. His name is Lori Price. And one night he was out in a snowstorm in a ditch. Those were the days of no phones in your pocket. And in Campbellton, New Brunswick, a man sitting in his front room and God said, you need to go down the highway. Lori Price has had an accident. 
And then the blinding snowstorm, he came and found him or he would have frozen to death. I know this sounds spectacular and every voice isn't that spectacular, but I do believe it's still possible for God to speak spectacularly to people if they're listening to him. And if you say, well, God never speaks to me. Start in the New Testament somewhere and you'll find yourself in a chapter somewhere. <laughs> and after you've read it, get quiet. And say, I'm waiting for you, God, to impress my spirit. And if what he impresses your spirit lines up with this, you're learning to hear the voice of God. And so, it was in the Bible. There was a disciple. Um, his name was Ananias. And one day he's praying. And the Lord says, I want you to go. Told him the address on Straight Street. And uh, Saul is there. Calling on the name of the Lord. I... I think Ananias must have thought there was something in that food I ate last night. <laughs> Doesn't God know what kind of a thug and murderer and religious fanatic this ISIS follower is? Well, Ananias, there's been a change. He's calling on the name of the Lord. Now, this may sound like it's very fancy and you think I've really flipped the lid, but maybe God wants to talk to you about somebody in Warman this week that's calling on the name of the Lord and send you to them with the word of God. You need to have your ear open. Is this too much? You say me? Yeah, you. Ananias wasn't an apostle. He wasn't one of the twelve. He wasn't a big name. As far as we know, Kendall, I've read the scripture. There's nothing else about him there except that one day when God spoke and he heard. And by the time he was finished, <laughs> there'd been a baptismal service and centuries later, Paul said, I speak with tongues more than you. I mean, he got a whole package of stuff. <laughs> yeah, woo indeed. Hallelujah would do too. <laughs> I will listen carefully to what the Lord is saying to me. Lastly, there are hearers who are willfully deaf. They don't want to take the time to listen, and they become so hardened that they are unable any longer to sense the voice of faith. God didn't stop speaking. They stopped being able to hear. They are like the hardened citizens of Ephesus. I don't know whether you've ever read this in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, but he's talking about some of the citizens of the, not people in the church, but citizens in town. And in, in the old King James Version, I like the two words that describe it. They are past feeling. They've lost the sensitivity to respond. Don't shut God off. And don't shut him out. And don't treat it as casual. 
It's a holy, sacred thing when God speaks. I believe in holy joy in church, and probably, Barb, you've heard me laugh with holy laughter a few times just when the blessing of God comes on me. But I, that's, that's reverent joy. It isn't frivolity in the presence of God because he's speaking. The lack of hearing or hearing impairment is tragic in so many areas of life. Decades ago, there was a, a piece published in the Saturday Review. It was composed by somebody named Elsie Peck, Peckham, and it was called Sleeveless Errand. And I want to read to you one verse which brings out in everyday life what happens when people don't hear. The marriage lasted 20 years. They followed separate careers. Lately, they parted without regret, unaware they had never met. What a sad example of a couple who obviously went deaf who were unable to receive the power that makes people great. Of course, relational deafness can be expanded. Children act out in undesirable ways, trying to get their parents or siblings or peers or somebody to hear them. We call them delinquents, but they're really desperate, most of them. Or they retreat into some kind of dangerous silence. People riot and create civil unrest because they're not heard. Executives lose profits because they are deaf to their employees. Now, I'm sure that you're all more spiritual than me and never watch television. <laughs> How many have ever watched Undercover Boss? Over and over, do you hear what those bosses say after they've been traveling around for a week or two? I found out things I would have never known if I hadn't been in touch with people who didn't know who I was and I hadn't heard them. And they made extensive changes in their company and in their business that bought in profits because they heard what people were saying. It's important that we listen, not just to God, but in everyday life. That we don't sort of sit back and say, yeah, well, I've heard all that before. Because saints, we haven't heard it all before. We probably missed some stuff. How many times have prophets and teachers and pastors and church leaders gone unheard? People marry and partner with unbelievers against the teaching of the Bible. And then when they wreck their lives, they come back to us to try to fix it up. Please smile back at me. It's not easy to say this kind of stuff, but it needs to be said. When your pastor stands up here and gives you the truth, you are accountable not to him or her, but to your heavenly Father for how you respond to that truth. Not trying to explain it away to fit your circumstances, but saying, okay, God, the surgeon's at work. Do the operation. Take out the stuff and heal me. Jesus told us to be careful how we hear. Let the one with ears hear. Yahweh says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. St. Paul says, faith comes by hearing. 
and hearing by the rhema of God. Even more in his post-ascension day, Jesus said to the church, the churches of Revelation, let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And more importantly, oh, I'm sorry, I'll get through this. I don't want to bore people. I think it's the cardinal sin. <laughs> In the Amplified Version, we find how destiny consequential listening is. 524, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, the person whose ears are open to my word, who listens to my message and believes, trusts in, clings to, and relies on me. And you said you thought God was talking to people about trust this morning, so this is the third whatever. Has, possesses now eternal life, and does not come into judgment, does not incur sentence of judgment, will not come under condemnation, but has already passed out of death into life. Hallelujah for that. But how awful for the people who hear and do not respond. They live under a sentence already passed. John 5, 24. I don't want to belabor this theme unnecessarily, but hear again the words of Jesus. Again, they carry implications for eternity. And when I was studying this part of my sermon, I had this, you've been studying and all of a sudden you've had a sense of urgency about a couple of lines. This gripped me. Somebody in Warman needs to listen to this. He said in Mark 4, 11 and 12, and I'm reading from the modern English version, to you is given the secret of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, everything that is said in parables, so that seeing they may not see and not perceive, and hearing they may not hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven. They don't want to understand because it will challenge the sin in their lives and it will necessitate a total turning around and change of mind about what's going on in them. Clovis Chappelle was a successful pastor in the States of my father's generation. And this is what he says. There were present that distant day uh, there, there were those present, pardon me, that distant day on whom the message was utterly wasted. They may have heard it with their minds wandering fruitlessly in every direction. They may have heard it with lips cur curled in scorn, only to swagger away at the close of the service, commenting on the fanaticism of the preacher and the airy nonsense that he was portraying. They may have listened with keen enjoyment and nodded approval of every statement. They may have heard by proxy, regretting only that some friend of theirs was not present to hear and profit by it. But when the service was over, they themselves went away to live just as they had lived before. They took up their drab lives once more, as unmoved and unwon as if they'd been listening to the pratings of a parrot. Why do these fail to respond? For only one reason. 
Their hearts are hard. They've allowed themselves to become wayside soil. What was the matter with this wayside soil? It was not wanting in fertility. It had the same capacity for a rich harvest that belonged to the best soil in the field. Only one thing was wrong. It was so hard that no seed had a chance with it. And that's what's wrong with unresponsive hearers. The heart that has grown hard. Would you be a casual listener? A prejudicial hearer? A selective listener? A careless or calloused hearer? Or are you a concerned hearer? Are you pre prepared to really listen this morning? Are you receptive? Even responsive? My text says, I will listen carefully to what the Lord God says to me. Those who hear, receive, and respond increase their potential to receive great things. And I don't know about you, child of God, but I want the power to receive great things. And one other account of this parable, and I'm going to close in a minute or two, Mark records Jesus as saying something very powerful. Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you again. And to you who hear, more will be given. For what, whoever has to him, more will be given. But what, whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. David said, if I regard, that means to entertain iniquity, evil in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I want an ever-sharpening sense of hearing truth. Of hearing the inner voice of the Holy Spirit as he makes the word real in my situation, of hearing prophetic ministry with mature discernment, of hearing the plan of God, not just for down there, but today and tomorrow. A famous preacher, and I couldn't remember his name, somebody went to him, a young preacher, and said, how do I order my life? And you may have to chew on this, but he said, put your ear to the ground. Find out which way God is moving and move along with God. The process of advancement here is not just about hearing. Jesus said it's about faithfulness. The one who has, more will be given. It's not just about faithfulness, it's about authority. And it's about prosperity and generosity. Is God speaking? Are we listening? I want you to go up and fix that for me. And, I'll, and just stay up there. Is there any, no, there's nowhere to sit up there. And uh, I want to play an old song. Um, I see Lynn Rodchenko back there. She's almost old enough to know this, probably does. I'm 80, and she's, she's not 80. <laughs> okay, what else do you need to do, son? If you don't know this song, close your eyes and hum. 
Speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. Speak, and I'll be quick to answer thee. Speak, my Lord. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak, and I will answer. Lord, send me. A lot of you are singing. Sing it again. Speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. Speak, and I'll be quick to answer thee. Speak, and I'll be quick to answer thee. Speak, my Lord. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak and I will answer. Lord, send me. Now, one of the things, God nudged me to sing this song. And of course, I started it. Nobody in Warman knows this. And uh, unlike Connor over here, I'm not about to sell a CD. <laughs> but this is specific. And if God's calling you today, just close your eyes and listen. Hear the Lord of harvest sweetly calling. Who will go and work for me today? Who will bring to me the lost and dying? Who will point them to the narrow way? Speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. Speak, and I'll be quick to answer thee. Speak, my Lord. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak and I will answer, Lord, send me. I'm not trying to induce anything this morning, but if that's you and God's talking to you, stand up and say, yeah, that's me, Lord, I'm here. Speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. Speak and I'll be quick to answer thee. Speak, my Lord. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak and I will answer. Lord, send me. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening. I'll be somewhere listening for my name i'll be somewhere listening i'll be somewhere listening i'll be somewhere listening for my name once again i'm not trying to deduce anything and if nobody answers this i don't be embarrassed for me because that's not what it's about. If you need to come up here and kneel or stand, if you really need to do that, feel free. Speak, my Lord. Speak.
speak, my Lord. Speak, and I'll be quick to answer thee. Speak, my Lord. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak, and I will answer. Lord, send me. Speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. Barb, speak, and I'll be quick to answer thee. Speak, my Lord. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak, and I will answer. Lord, I told you that whether you come or not is not for me. I already did. Somebody down there needs to step in the aisle. Maybe you're even sitting, but please, please obey because God wants to talk to you. Speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. Speak, and I'll be quick to answer thee. That's right, just come right down the aisle. God's talking to you. Speak to me. Speak and I will answer. Lord, send me. I'm not trying to weird anybody out, Kendall. There's a young lady standing right in the back row there to your left. That lady. Right in the back row. Come right out in the aisle. I want you to put your hand on her because I have a word for her. The Lord would say to you that he's spoken to you often. And recently you've not heard anything. He wants you to come to a fuller surrender. And as you do, your ears will be opened again. And whatever that thing was that was hard to lay at the cross and put down at the altar, just say, Lord... It's too invaluable in comparison to me hearing your voice. Speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. Speak, and I'll be quick to answer thee. Speak, my Lord. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak and I will answer, 